0: Amen. Praise God. Um, God is real. And I really pray that each of us will come to realize that God is real. It's not just an idea. Not just something that someone created also for us who have no one to turn to. God is actually real. Amen. Amen. And when you learn to deal with Him, discover many more things about his being real. Sometimes God is not real to us because we always have our plan B at hand. It's all I mean our plan B is waiting. So you really don't get to the end of your we don't many of us think that we are being sharp. We don't allow ourselves to get to the end of ourselves. We don't allow ourselves to get to that place where if God does not intervene, everything will crash. So we always have plan B. Towards the end, some people we even borrow, you know. It's very easy to borrow, to do something that will save the situation rather than letting yourself completely fall into God's hands. Such that if God does not intervene, it will not be done. If you are the type that is always, you don't allow yourself to fall flat into God's hands. You always look for a backup, a human backup, maybe a financial backup, such that you don't fall completely. There are many miracles of God that you must know. Praise the Lord. Another example, when I was coming back on Friday, I had not been feeling well the whole week. When Maureen checked my pressure on Friday, he said, how ah, your pressure is high. I asked her how many told me I was like, it's okay. So they were finding how I'm going to travel to come back from Chambogu. I left Chambogu around five something, how I'm going to get here and then leave the prayer nights. So as I was coming, I was really laughing at the devil. I was like, I thought you had understood me, but it seems you have not yet understood. So Satan, this time I was not praying to God. So I told the devil, "You see, it's fine. When my... you can make my head pain if you want, you know, you can even block me in the traffic jam. Let me get to church at night. I don't care. I am going to lead that prayer night. We shall pray from night till morning. So do whatever you want. I did not ask God for anything. I just told the devil, like do, and I was not begging the devil. I was just encouraging him to do whatever you want. The prayer night will take place till morning. Praise the Lord. And we came. Bread and came more than I imagined. People just kept up there. I was thinking, ah, okay, God, more grace. And we were able to have the prayer meeting. A time has to come when we stop caring about the devil. Because it seems we give the devil too much attention we beg him, we fear him, we, he threatens us a bit and we start shaking. Time needs to come when you are like, if I perish, I perish. On that Friday I was not caring. Eh? I know at, about when the pressure is high, my head was aching. I was having fever. I had to start treatment but I could not start because of the prayer night. I know all the complications. But I was like, if I perish, I perish. I don't care. Saturday. Like, do just what you want. The prayer meeting will take place. We shall meet at five, we shall discuss at five. When I finish the prayer meeting, we shall discuss. I'm saying that the time needs to come when we fully depend on God and we forget about anything else. We have a lot of things to, to, to rely on, to boast about, to care about. But the only real person that matters is God. Every other person, as we have heard from the testimonies, every other person can be in the equation, but so long as God is not in the equation, you have not started. Whether it comes to preaching, whether it comes to leading songs, whether it comes to even cooking, whether it comes to provisions, whether it comes to health, anything about life until God is in it you have not started you are not ready until God is on on board I'm really praying that as believers we will understand it we will know it we will accept it and embrace it because increasingly Christianity is becoming just another religion where we have God for the sake of having God, but our true dependence is not on God. We have God as a title. We have God because it looks good to be godly rather than worldly. But our true dependence is not on God. First of all, we don't allow ourselves to get stuck. We look for every means to jump out of the situation. And some of those situations, God is the one placing you there so that He can show and demonstrate His power through you. But we jump out. We borrow. We call on our uncles and aunties and friends, even unbelievers, to bail us out from God's hands. And it is that very situation that would have shown us the power of God. So, more and more, believers do not depend on God. More and more, believers are in debt because they would rather borrow than depend on God. They, would, they cannot say, God, if you fail me in this situation, then I failed. We, we don't want to fail with God. We would rather succeed with the devil. It is a very dangerous situation to be in. We need believers who will fail with God. Who are willing, okay, no, God cannot fail. We need believers who are willing to fail with God. Who who can say, God, if you fail, I fail and it's okay. We fear so much to fail because we are so concerned about our reputation. We are so concerned about our name We are so concerned about how will people look at us to the extent that we think we are helping God by leading God to go and succeed with them. Praise the Lord. Amen. We will just share a few scriptures. Because this evening I was asking myself, what is our boast? And it may be a question to ask, what is it that you boast in? Is it about your husband who has all the money that can take care of you? Is it about your children that you're watching growing and you know that they will grow up and take care of you? Is it your looks that is your post? You know you can always have a passport anywhere because of your looks. Is it your education? Your degrees and certificates? What is it that you have, that is your post or that is your backup? You know that this will save me. Because for many of us, our boast is not in the Lord. And that's what we want to share. Very briefly, finish in 10 minutes. That as we enter a new era, we are going to celebrate on the second. But at least for me who experienced the coming, I couldn't wait until the second. Praise the Lord. Amen. What is your boast? What is your backer? What is your pillar of support? Is it God? Is it a friend? Is it your papers, your academic papers? Is it the position of your father or your mother or your uncle? There was someone I was preaching to. Instead of repenting, he told me how his uncle is the canon in the Anglican Church. What, what relationship has your uncle with a canon? how will that save you? Then there are people who say that my tribe's mate is a minister. Tribes mate, it's enough for you to boast. My OB is an MP. So we connect. In fact, my neighbor, my neighbor in the village where we share the same boundary is something. That's enough to boast. As a believer, as a Christian, what is your post? Do we post in the same things that the unbelievers post in? Praise the Lord. Okay. Anna, 1 Corinthians 1, 31. Irene, 2 Corinthians 10, 17. Um, Nelson, Galatians 6, um daniel first corinthians 4 7 um Sam, john 173 um not Jeremiah chapter 9 23 to 24 okay let's start um first Corinthians 1 it says, Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen. 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 Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen. Amen. If you must boast, boast in the Lord. Next person. second Corinthians 10, 17. But let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen. Amen. So in both letters to the Corinthians, Paul is telling them, boast in the Lord. The Corinthian church was rich. They had money. They had businesses. They had all the things that the world can boast of. And they also had spiritual gifts, even. And Paul had to tell them the first letter, the second letter, if you must boast. I know you have all the things that can be boasted about, but if you must boast, boast in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Next person. Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Amen. Amen. This was for After telling these people to boast in the Lord, he said, may I never boast in anything except the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is through that cross that I have been crucified to the world, and the world has been crucified to me. Praise the Lord. What determines the things that people boast about? It is, most of our boasting has to do with the world. The, The things that people will see, the things that people will know, the things that will make people to respect us, the things that will make people to praise us, the things that will make... It is all about people, people, people. How will they see me? And the whole matter of the love of the world has to do with people. The lover of the world, his life is ruled by the opinion of others. What will people say? How will people see me? Our neighbors, what will they say? My friends, what will they say? We think about every other person apart from God himself. We are not asking what will God say. When we are planning how to dress, as we are sharing, they were teaching us on Sunday, even how to do our hair, the question is not what, what will God say. God, what do you say? God, do you like this hair I'm cutting or I'm plating? The question is, how will people look at me? That's the love of the world. If the question is, how will people see me? And not, how will God see me? You are in love of the world. And Paul said, may I never boast, except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because on the cross, the world was crucified to me what others think outside God was crucified to me, and what I think outside God was crucified on the cross, that is a Christian. The question is not what will people say. The question is not how will people look at me. I don't care. If the prophets of old were caring about what people say and how people looked at them, we will not have the Bible today. Because when you read in the prophet, some of the instructions that God used to give them, they were bizarre to say the least. God would tell Ezekiel, I'm taking away the delight of your heart, but you must not cry. Everybody, I mean, like in Nigeria, where they have mourning women, actually, if you want to show that you are really mourned for somebody, they hire mourning women, that is their job, their profession. They hire them to come and cry. You can see those women cry. You even think that that is their son. They have no relationship with that person. They, they are doing their work. They come in unity. They start crying from the gate. Crying and telling stories. But they are not related. So that the world can see. So generally when someone dies, we are supposed to cry told Ezekiel, you will not cry. I am going to take the delight of your heart, your wife.
1: Those are some of the kind of
0: strange instructions that God would give them. And they obeyed regardless of what people would say. Because everyone would wonder. Everyone would talk. Everyone would will, will scream. But they obeyed God and just kept obeying and kept going until the end. It's up to you. When you are finished commenting, when you are finished talking, you're going to keep quiet because you can't also keep talking forever. You look like a mad person. So they obeyed and went again May I never boast of anything apart from the cross of Jesus through whom the world, the opinions of mass was crucified to me and I was crucified to them. The day you get to the point where you no longer care what people say outside God. I'm saying outside God because there are opinions of man that come from God. Those ones we should care about. But if it is just this dry opinion of people around, what they say. Hey you, how come you are like this? How come you do this? How come you don't do the other? And some of us even have the energy to sit down to explain. You don't need any, they don't need any explanation because they are not asking because they want to understand. They are asking because they have already crossed you. So you just accept to be excluded. Accept not to be counted among human beings. We are not human beings, we are supernatural. Amen? Amen. So some people cannot stand being excluded by their family. They have planned their family meeting. They already know that for you, you are not going to come for the last funeral, right? They planned the meeting without you. You call and say, but how was it? Because you are feeling like now they have left me out. You they have already excluded you. Instead of thanking God that you no longer have to bother, you carry yourself and go and plant inside. That at least let me send some money. How will it look like? How will it look like to who? How would it look like to who? Is it to God? Is it God that is your concern? What is your post? All the things you post on your status, is it for God? Do you post it so that God will see it and be glorified? Or you are posting it so that people will see it and then what? What? <coughs> What is your post? What is your post? Is it in the Lord? Next person read. First Corinthians chapter four, verse seven. For who makes a different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you didn't receive it, why do you boast those you did not? Amen. Amen. It is still this Corinthians. They had a big problem of being so proud and boastful. And he asked them, What do you have that you have not received? What is it? Just say something that you have that you can say, I created it. I did not receive it. And he says, you received it. Why do you boast as if we, you were not given? All that we have, we received. You might say, God did not go with me to my career to study. I'm the one who read. And then, yeah, you created your brain. You created the hand which wrote. It was you. So please boast. Boast very much. What do you have that you did not receive? And if you received, why do you boast in yourself and not in the giver? How many times have we given glory to God? It is me. I did. I said. I worked. I. I. It was me. And we forget the, the giver. Praise the Lord. Amen. Next person. John chapter 17, verse 3. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have Amen. This is eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that he whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And this is the testimony. God has given us life, and that life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. But what is eternal life? And the Bible gives us a very simple definition of eternal life. It is to know God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ. Whom he sent. That is eternal life. Eternal life is not moving around carrying a very big Bible. Eternal life is not all about praying and, and posting the hours. All those are good. We have to be accountable. But eternal life is to know God. And when you know God, you will recognize God in everything. Because God is everywhere, God is in everything. Those who know God will see God in their studies. They will see God in their home. They will see God in their business. They will see God in their dressing. They will see God in in church. They will see God in the market. They will see God everywhere because God is everywhere. If there are places where you cannot recognize God, you don't yet know God. There's people who know God when they are in church, their behavior at church is different, even the voice with which they speak at church is different. Then when they go out, they go out and do their out into the world. So now we switch over. You don't know God. Those who know God, they see, they find God is everywhere. They find God everywhere. And therefore, their lives are consistent. At school, you are the same. At your place of work, you are the same you. There was one brother, I went to his place of work. I can't even remember what story I was talking to the reception. And he was like, he? That person is a believer. Now if you are the one, this is your brother. There are some situations that find you and you are confused for seconds and you're thinking, how do I answer this now? You change the topic, you do what? How can they ask you that your own brother that you came to look for, whether he's a believer? How do you answer such a question? So at church we are all holy, 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 holy. Then when we go to work they don't even know. At least you can be a good Catholic at work. They don't even know that you are a Christian, really? Hey, what kind of life? So which God do you know? If your customer in the market does not know that you are a believer, leave alone the fact that you are preached today, you squeeze them and bargain until they just surrender and give <laughs> you. Like, let me not go back home today without saying, and even as they are crying and begging in your heart, you are saying, no, I know these people, they are cheating me, so you also squeeze them off if your clients don't know that you are a believer, those ones are called who, the people you buy from, if they don't know that you are a believer, then please, search your heart. Search your heart. Eternal life is to know God. It is not just too much noise that we make. Pray in tongues and the neighbors have to come and pour water under your door because you are disturbing them. Not eternal life. Eternal life is to know God. The person who knows God, like what Brother George was saying, when somebody stands up to minister, I have four pages of notes of Sunday. When somebody stands to minister, if you know God, you will see God in that person, and you will hear God from that person. It doesn't matter who. If you cannot hear God ministering to through certain people maybe you don't know God. I'm not trying to say I know God so much. I'm just trying to explain that because I'm looking for God, I find God everywhere. I find God in the child's testimony. I find God everywhere. Maybe because my heart is looking for God. I find God in the kitchen. He comes there. He gives me instructions. In the kitchen, God is there. As for computer, that's where I found God the most because I didn't grow up with computers, but I first saw a computer when I was already 30 years old. So, of course, when I tell the young people to help me, I'm boring them because I just, I don't know even this one. So I decided that, okay, since God will not chase me, let me depend on God. And truly, God has taught me so many things like, oh, I love my God. Praise the Lord. There are things where you just ask God that God... Sometimes I even just ask in frustration like, God, I don't know what to do. Help me. And God just says, press here and wow. You know how computers work wonders? <laughs> for those who know, it works It doesn't work wonders for them because it is the usual thing. But for me, it is a miracle. I have what witnessed many miracles. I wouldn't share because for you it will not excite you. But it excites me that God is there. In these things that they are telling me that they have just discovered. God, the ancient of days, knows and he can teach you. He can help you. Praise the Lord. Amen. I am understanding a bit of what Paul said, when I am weak I am strong. Because when I don't, all these years that I have not worked, I think I'm I've also discovered God in his provisions more than ever before. Because there's no salary that you're looking up to. There is nothing that you can depend on. And therefore you look up to God. And God surprises. God provides in ways that God is God. I'm not saying don't work. Work, have the money, but learn to depend on God. God is above. shillings. God is about uncles and, and okay for those of us who traveled many years back and don't have any connection with any blood relative that can help you you learn to depend on God and you prove that God is faithful Praise the Lord Let's read the last passage Jeremiah 9 two, three, four. This is what the Lord says let not, let not the wise boast in his wisdom, or the strong man boast in his strength, or the rich man boast in his wealth, in his riches. But let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, this, for, for in this I delight, declares the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let not the strong man boast in his strength. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the rich man boast in his wealth. But if you must boast, boast in the fact that you understand and know God. That God is just. That God is kind. Praise the Lord. If you were to ask me what I've learned during these 27 years, that's, that's what I've learned. I've learned to boast in the Lord. I've learned that God is enough. It is not God plus anything. It is not God plus anyone. God is enough. Praise the Lord. Right from the first weeks when we had just come, those days, electricity used to go off. Like when it goes off, you don't know when it's going to come. For those who have lived long enough, you remember those times and sometimes pastor would go to minister and come back very late and i would be in that house alone in a new country in a new place and i would just stand and say god come here and be with me because no maid nothing nobody in the darkness of the house alone without any neighbor no friend no relative nobody All I could depend on was God, and I remember there was one day when Pastor knocked, and I was going to open the door. I stepped on something, and it was cold. It was a snake inside the house. Jesus, praise the Lord. Amen. So you learn to trust in the Lord. Then I started learning to pray because the Lord was. Sometimes I would sit and I'd be worried. Where is he even? There were no smartphones that you can call and check. So you don't know where he is. your time has passed. We didn't have borders, too many borders like now, where you can move anytime <laughs> border. There were no borders. So when the taxi leaves you, wherever it leaves you, you walk to where you're going. So I would sit there and wondering, okay, how do I pack and even go back to Cameroon? And <laughs> if the husband doesn't show up and we don't know where to find him. And then I, the Lord will tell me. I mean, this worry is not going to help. So I pray, God protect where am I? Wherever it is, and we are to find a way home, because you might miss the way. Do you even know that place? <laughs> <laughs> the, the the places were the same. Okay, for you who knows it, it, is, it will be different. But for me, when I move from Kasubi and I go to wherever, it's the same. I'm thinking, where am I now? <laughs> where do I branch? You cannot tell the difference. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, over the years, you keep learning to trust, to depend on God. And today, after 27 years, I can boast in the Lord. He has been faithful.
1: He has protected us. He has
0: provided for us. He has answered so many emergency calls. He has been there. He has never left us. He has never forsaken us. And I want to offer you that God, He is reliable. You can trust Him. You can count on Him. He has not failed us. He will not fail you. Praise the Lord. Make your ghost in the Lord. We are living in a time when there are so many things to rely on. But all those things can fail. It's only God who cannot fail. Praise the Lord. It's only God who cannot fail. Young people especially. Trust the Lord. We got to Uganda when I was 27. Praise the Lord. And for those who are younger, I got saved at 17. So it's not that old mama who has finished her life now, who is now deceiving the young people. <laughs> because that is what some people are saying I telling the young ones. You are listening to those old people. What do they know about today's life? We have trusted God from our youth. And he has not failed. He has been faithful all these years up till now. Praise the Lord. Amen. There's so much material blessing even that God has blessed us. Just so much. If all the land that we got was put in our names and we were to sell it now, we will be instant billionaires. Instant. But it belongs to the Lord. And we don't have any regrets about it. It is not a fool who gives what he cannot keep in order to gain what you cannot lose. What I have in God, I cannot lose it. What I've lost in quotes in the world is worth nothing. God is faithful. You can count on Him. If in some aspect of your life you are thinking maybe God cannot handle that aspect, I want to assure you that there is nothing about our lives that God cannot handle. There is absolutely nothing. He is the creator of everything. All aspects of our lives, He can handle. If only we trust in Him. Make your posts in the Lord. Your certificates may fail. I am not using mine at this moment. Your money may fail. Your family may fail. You may even fail your own self. Your choices can fail and disappoint you. But God cannot fail. And he will never fail. I am happy in the Lord. I am blessed beyond words. When Anna finished her exams, my my brother was posting, he was like, what a blessing. How can you have a family of four doctors? And that's when I was thinking, hey, oh, that. (laughs) That's not where my, that's not where my, 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 that's not my interest. What, 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 what if you ask me what is the best thing about my family? I'll tell you it's because all of us are believers. That I am satisfied with only that. The rest is a bonus. The fact that all of us are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, that has satisfied me more than anything else. The rest is a bonus. So when he wrote, I was thinking, oh, oh." according to the world, that is success. My sister had to personally call me to ask, how did you do it? And I'm thinking, how did I do it? How did I do what? Those in the Lord. Jesus is enough. If you have Jesus, you have all you need. He will take you anywhere that God has ordained you to go. He will do for you all that God has ordained for you to do. He will give you everything that God has ordained for you to have. Jesus is in that. God bless you.